She started a nonprofit sending blue line teddy bears to family members of fallen officers across the United States when she was just 14. She's now a college student. Her dad is a police officer. She's been harassed and threatened, and she still continues on. She's here to tell her story on the Law Enforcement Today Show. If you're on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app, be sure to look for me and follow me. My name's John, the letter J, Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y. You can also search for at L-E-T Radio Show. That's John J. Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y, at L-E-T Radio Show on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app. Contact us from Florida. We have Megan O'Grady on the phone. I got to tell you right now, this has been years in the making. I've been trying to get an interview with Megan O'Grady for years. And I'll tell you, before we start her phenomenal story, when she started Blue Line Bears, she was 14. She was in middle school, then high school. So we always had the school thing to go deal with. And now she's a college student, but still does her thing with Blue Line Bears. Megan, I'm so thrilled we finally get to talk to you. Thanks for being a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. Very much appreciated. Thank you so much for having me. And I got to say this. Uh, my hat's off to you. As a retired police sergeant, my hat's off to you, your family, and everybody else aligned with Blue Line Bears. We'll talk about what they do in a moment, what you do in a moment. But the thought of going that extra step to acknowledge and, and do something for the families of our fallen officers across the United States, to me, is profound and is very moving and is very much appreciated. Thank you. What you do, and I'm a paraphrase, I'll let you explain because I'm going to butcher it. When an officer is, is killed or died in the line of duty, you wind up getting their patches and their uniform shirt and you create custom-made bears and send them to the family. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, tell us the process. What got you? Number one, what got you thinking about doing this at 14? When everybody's like, oh, are we going to the mall? Uh, what movie are we going to see? You're thinking, no, I want to do something national to help people. Yes. So when I was 14, um, that was right around the time that the attack on Dallas happened that I think pretty much most of America is familiar with, where the five officers were ambushed and killed. And my dad has been in law enforcement for over 27 years now. And at the time, I took it really hard and I talked to him about it a lot. And I was like, this could have been you what do people do to help the families once something like this happens? And he kind of walked me through how the department shows up for the families and how the community shows up for the families. And I thought to myself, what can I do? What can I do that will go the extra mile that will help the family in a way that other people are not doing it? And I actually go back to a time where the only thing that helped me grieve the death of someone in my family was having a stuffed animal that reminded me of her. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I could do the same thing and I could make teddy bears out of their uniform shirts that it's completely personal and that the bears are something that children can hold on to and are completely just the officers and it's not just a teddy bear that's being sent for no reason. And, um, 
that's really how it got started. I, I can say this, there, there's a correlation with police and, and teddy bears, and I, I'm sure you're aware of this, and many people may not be. There was a movement, I'm not sure when it started, where police officers would keep teddy bears in their patrol cars and use that as a way to try to comfort children when they're victims of crime or family going through really traumatic things. So there's a direct correlation. And the fact that you chose teddy bears, were you aware of that correlation? Um, not quite. I knew about that because my dad keeps teddy bears in his car because of that. Um, I don't know that that was intentional, but I do think it is cool that it happened. It's very cool. It is really cool. And by the way, tell your dad we're not going to mock him for having teddy bears in a car. I understand why. <laughs> it's not like having a basket full of fluffy toys and you know eighty-seven pillows on your bed. That that's used as a tool, and it's a really admirable thing. And I got to tell you, I am so impressed, and I've been impressed for a long. And I. I tell people i'm not one who's easily impressed by other people i don't get moved by or starstruck by stars and celebrities and professional athletes i don't they're regular people but the fact that you at 14 started doing this really really affected me and i've I've been watching you do this from the other side of florida since you started and uh, I, I had a couple conversations with your dad. You were too young at the time. He had school commitments, all these other things. We couldn't make it happen. So I'm really glad we can now. I remember the Dallas situation. I remember when uh, all the police were killed. I think it was five. And others uh, were shot by a sniper. And we had the ones in Seattle that were eating, in the Seattle area, that were eating lunch or something like that and were ambushed and shot. Then we've got many others across the United States who die in fires, who die in car accidents, who, who are shot or die due acts of violence. So many of us, it's so easy, I should clarify, say, it's so easy to say, it's not my community, not my problem. But you made it your problem. Yes, I, I really tried to make it my problem. And I do think that part of it becoming my problem actually comes from the fact that when the Dallas shooting happened, I actually was not in the state of Florida. I was vacationing with my grandparents up in Indiana. And um, I remember at the time that it happened, all I wanted to do was give my dad a hug and just embrace the fact that I am so lucky that he is still here and make sure that he knows that he is loved and that I would miss him if something happened to him. And because of that, and because I wasn't there with him, I think that that is when it did click in my head that this is something that I can help or at least try to help with. So... And since then, and you're what, like 19 now? Am I correct? 20. 20. So you've been doing this just about six years, five and a half, six years. How many bears have you sent out? Over 1,300. That's amazing. And these are handmade. These aren't, it's not like you buy the bears somewhere and you you stitch something on it and throw the, send it to them. They're handmade, aren't they? Yes. So the process is someone will reach out to us. And it could be anyone, someone who works for the department, someone who's in the community, a family member, a friend, whoever. 
they reach out to us and they ask us to make bears and we make bears only for line of duty deaths or suicide. And so once we clear, clear and make sure that the officer is qualified to get a bear, um, the person will send the shirts to us. We take the shirts and we cut them into pattern pieces that we have, sew them together, stuff them and add some special embroidery parts that make them personalized and then send them back to the family put together as a bear. It's a lot of work, a lot of labor, labor of love. We're talking with Megan O'Grady. She's a founder of Blue Line Bears. Their website is bluelinebears.org. And we'll tell you later on how you can help. I'll give you a hint. Donate. Even if it's $5, donate. Go to the website. All the information is right there. This is Law Enforcement Today Show. We're turning our conversation with Megan O'Grady in just a few moments. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The place to be online is our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. You'll get access to unique news articles, editorials, and so much more. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. I am Meg Marie O'Rourke from Harmony with Food. Do you ever wonder what foods you should or should not be consuming based on your own unique needs? At Harmony with Food, we are now able to determine exactly what foods we should or should not be consuming through advanced testing. Test, don't guess is the motto at Harmony with Food's BioUnique Boutique program. It has never been easier than now to determine what food, drinks, and supplements you need for your individualized needs. Head over to HarmonyWithFood.com and click on the testing tab. Return our conversation with Megan O'Grady on the Law Enforcement Today show. She's in Florida and she is the founder of Blue Line Bears. Their website is bluelinebears.org. She's 20. She's a college student. She started this when she's 14. She's the daughter of a career police officer. Uh, and we're going to talk more about what she does, why she does it. And the motivation, because there's a deeply personal reason for all that you do. Megan, before we went to break, you're, you're talking about the process of the, the bears. And, and you kind of talked about what provoked you to get started. What I'm wondering, and I'm the father of two daughters. They're both in their 30s. And back in my day, and your dad has probably been around long enough, he remembers it. Back in the day, we didn't talk about what we went through. It was kind of... You don't talk to your spouse about it. You don't talk to your children about it because we didn't want them to worry even more. Now that seems to be shifting. When you said you were in Indiana, when you found about Dallas and you wanted to talk to your dad, was he and did he start having conversations with you about the really bad days or was he just very vague or is he still like me, kind of like doesn't talk about it? Um, I remember growing up I always heard about the crazy things that happened, but they weren't really the things that affected him. He was a DUI expert for a really, really long time. And so he would come home and he would tell us about all of these crazy stories about like drunk people and all the crazy things that they would do, but it wasn't ever anything that was dangerous towards him. And I think actually the very first time that I ever felt any fear towards what happened or what happens when he's out is, I don't remember how old I was, 
but I was fairly young and he was at home eating dinner with us and he was on call and on his radio, he got a call that there was a shooting in our city and luckily no one was killed, but one of the officers that works for his department was shot and was injured and never fully returned to work in the same way. And I remember being like, no, that's not possible. We live in this small town in Florida. There's no way that dangerous things like this can happen to you. And I think that fear stuck with me for a little while, but then eventually, you know, the day-to-day things happen and you forget about it. But ever since Dallas and ever since we started Blue Line Bears, he has definitely been more open about some of the scary things that happen in our city. And he only has two and a half years left on the force. And I'm really glad that is as yeah, much as he has You tell him, because, I said, thank you for your service, the whole family, including you, but retire as soon as you can and find something else yes. to do. It doesn't involve yes, so exactly. much civil liability and everything else in the world. I know we're telling him like you need to be a woodworker uh, yeah. or something. Go after find this. some. Do what I do. Do radio. Do something. And uh, yeah. <laughs> police are so capable of doing so many awesome things, but many of them feel like when they are retired. And my career was cut short due to uh, act of violence and, and injury. So I was thirty three. But a lot of them feel like this is all I know how to do. This is all I'm good at. I, yeah. I what else I do? Uh, and learning to do something else. And in many ways, your story is a great example because you started this in was it I don't know they call it where you're from, middle school. Um I was actually in my first year of high school. Okay, you started high school. Now you're in college. You're still doing this. The, what college do you attend? The University of Central Florida. Now that's UCF, right? Yes. And they, are you a freshman or sophomore? I'm actually a junior now. <sighs> Where does the time go? You made I know. me feel really old, <laughs> Megan. You need to stop this right now. <laughs> we got to stop this whole agent thing. As a, a, a college student now, and you're 20, and you yes. can speak in a way that a lot of people can't, and you're, you represent a segment of American society we don't hear from, the, the children of police officers. Would you rather that your dad, in this case your dad, it could be your mom or anybody else, brother, sister, tell you about really traumatic things they're going through or sugarcoat it or just not even mention it? I So I'm actually a psychology major in Stop college. Stop it. Don't you start analyzing <laughs> so, me. I'm telling so you. I, I think that naturally, that naturally kind of opens the door for me wanting to listen and for me wanting him to open up about it. Um, that's me at least, but I know for the rest of my family, it depends on the person, obviously person to person, but it's really hard listening to the scary stuff. And some people would prefer to not know that the scary stuff happens because at the end of the day, he is home right? and he does come home luckily and i think it is scary thinking about what could happen if you know we did if things had gone a little bit differently but um i really like hearing about stuff like that because i think that police are at a huge risk for ptsd oh, and one of 
one of the biggest things that helps with something like that is just having someone to talk to about it. And so I am all for police getting help and being able to talk to someone about it. So I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I used to do this thing, and then we'll get back to you in a moment, where you know, we had the first generation of soft body armor when I was policing in Baltimore. And they're attached by Velcro. And I used to do this psychological thing when I was changing at my locker. I'm, I'm doing the Velcro. The sound of the Velcro was my signal to me to try to mentally shift from being cop J to dad J to father J. Uh, and that worked really well until it didn't work at all anymore. And everything that used to work stopped working. Uh, and something you brought up earlier is I I was of the mindset I didn't want to tell my spouse at the time because number one I didn't want them to be aware of how really violent it was and I didn't really I think in my own case didn't want to really acknowledge the close calls and it was easier for me to say oh I'm just really good at what I do I'm a good cop that'll happen to someone else not me because if I did acknowledge that then I'd never leave the patrol car so I'm I'm sure that's a situation for your dad as well. Absolutely. And I really don't know the answer. I I, I think it's a, a situation for every every family to address on their own. But you're you're right when you made the point about PTSD is a big issue. I've seen surveys where they say thirty to thirty five percent of our active law enforcement officers have some degree of PTSD or not. And I think the numbers are much much higher with retirees. When I was in a police academy in Baltimore, they said the average life expectancy of a Baltimore police was 52. They usually died within two years of retiring from police work because they drank themselves to death. They did things. They weren't active. Uh, they didn't engage in healthy behavior, and the years of stress took their toll. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We're turning our conversation with Megan O'Grady. We're going to talk about the threats and harassment she has endured as a result of her dad's occupation, and her activities with Blue Line Bears. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. John discovered a cool new app, and he just can't put it down because it has millions of great podcasts, including Law Enforcement Today. So now you can listen anytime, anywhere, and also chat with John. It's called Podopolo. It's free on either app store, so join John there. Follow Law Enforcement Today and DM John when you do. That's Podopolo. Download it now. Has this ever happened to you? You sign up for a free email newsletter, and within hours, you're receiving tons of spam. That won't happen when you subscribe for the free Law Enforcement Today radio show email newsletter. We won't spam you. No more than two emails a week. I promise. All subscribers are automatically entered in all future contests. Sign up at letradioshow.com. Scroll down to the sign-up area. That's letradioshow.com. Return conversation on the Law Enforcement Today show with Megan O'Grady. She is the founder of Blue Line Bears, their website, bluelinebears.org. She's a college student. She started this when she was 14 years old. Her father is a career law enforcement officer. I believe he is a police lieutenant now and can retire in a couple years, and hopefully he will do just that. Before we're in the break, Megan we started talking about you're, you're in college now. You're studying psychology, and yet you yes. still do Blue Line Bears. And and by the way, 
Their website, bluelinebears.org. You can get details there. Online, the social media, be sure to follow them on Facebook. Look for Blue Line Bears. Very easy to find. And you'll see photos. And I saw photos that you posted the other day of you and some other people creating bears to send out. Uh, and this is yeah. what you do in your downtime. This is not, now you're juggling a college career. Go UCF, whatever they are. What are they, the Knights? Yes. Okay. You're juggling that career. You're trying to juggle the Blue Line Bears, but the mission continues on. So please follow them. But one of the things you posted on social media a while ago, and I, I, I'm not going to go into a lot of details. I believe you had a vehicle that was wrapped with Blue Line Bears and police stuff. And there was a scene where you were taking it off because you had been threatened and harassed many times. Is my memory correct about that? Yes. I had a Jeep Wrangler, and it was very nicely wrapped in our logo and some other just police stuff. And I hadn't really thought anything about it before because we live in a very pro-police area and most of the time people would drive past me and give me like a thumbs up and I was like this is cool this is great and then all of a sudden um, there was just this shift and I was getting all of this hate online and people were sending us the meanest messages on Facebook and everything. But I wasn't super scared because we, we still lived in a pretty pro police area. So I wasn't super scared about my safety driving around in that car, but there was a couple of close calls. And one of them is I was just sitting at a red light and this guy who pulled up behind me got out of his car and started banging on my window and trying to get in. And luckily my car was locked and luckily I was able to to drive out of the situation safely. But it was really scary because now it was no longer just my dad and law enforcement at risk. I was at risk for doing what I do with Blue Line Bears. And in a way I can understand your reaction and it wasn't long after that you started stripping the, the wrap off the car off the jeep didn't yes you? it was the week after and i can understand that and i went through the thing with me it's uh i i'm some people would say uh, i'm looking for a fight i'm not i don't really care and most people i'm a big guy so when it, if people try to intimidate me they usually leave but my wife, on the other hand, is a different story. So we stripped the, the blue line stickers off her car because I didn't want her to be threatened and harassed. By the way, she's got this mentality of I'm not the one. So I, I would really think twice about messing with her. But the thing is, I never thought in my life that we would be at a point where we had to have these conversations and take these type of actions. Uh, and then and I'm sure for your family, your dad in particular, and I can't speak for him, but we raise our children to to be independent, to take care of themselves, and especially with the female members of a family, uh, we try to take the mindset of, look, you tell me you need help and I'm there. Uh, otherwise, you know, we're going to let you take care of yourself until you say you can't. But there had to be a lot of fear for him saying, okay, now you're going to college and you've got all these so-called, and I'm air quoting, activists that feel like they're entitled to assault people 
because they don't yes. agree. Yes. Um, we actually had quite a few conversations about just how things were going to go when I went to college. And I was pretty prepared for college. I think I had a lot of conversations with my parents. The Jeep was unwrapped by the time that I went to college. So when I was driving around campus, there was nothing that could have ever signified to anyone that I was a law enforcement family or I was running this organization. Um, But the biggest conversation that we had was being pretty silent about all of it in general when talking to people. So I think even in college, there's maybe five people that I know who know what I do because it is scary and you don't know how to have that conversation with someone because it's not always for whatever reason right now, it's not a good conversation to have. And so like, it's, it's hard living here sometimes because I, I can't talk to people about what's going on with me because I have to pretend that my dad is like a lawyer or he's just this average guy who does a, a job that's not law enforcement. You know, it's, it's scary. And I agree with you. It's got to be difficult. It's got to be challenging. And Someone asked me the other day, actually did an interview last night, and I said, the media, and I I, I say media, we're talking about social media, we're talking about news, we're talking about Hollywood, all those things. They've convinced the American public that police are a bigger threat to them than MS-13, Hells Angels, Mafia, and all that combined. That violent criminals don't pose. Ted Bundy is a saint, for goodness sakes, compared to police. That's what they want people to believe. And people seem to be stupid enough to not even read the the article. They'll read the headline and react to it. But one of the things I've learned, and I'm going to ask you this, because social media is a big part of what you do and how you raise money and raise awareness for what you do, because this is not cheap. But I've learned, there's an old saying, I believe it's Mark Twain, never argue with an idiot. They'll just drag you to your level and beat you with years of experience. And I add in there, especially on social media, I've had to learn to develop really thick skin. And I don't respond to people. So when people make it a point like uh, they want to be adversarial, I'm like, do it by yourself. I'm, I'm not volunteering for that fist fight. Yeah, I when we were having... We don't have as much of it anymore, but when we were having the really, really, really negative comments, we just got to a point where it didn't even affect me anymore. It didn't affect any of us anymore. We were just like, this is how people are right now. And obviously, as soon as comments like that come up, you automatically block the person and make sure that nobody else is subjected to reading that. But it is a little bit sad when you're 18 years old and you're reading comments that are like, go kill yourself. Yeah. And I'm like, I really am trying to just do a good thing, but because it doesn't fit what other people view as a good thing, it loses its value. 
I would venture a guess, and I'm just kind of reaching out there a little bit, that you're a lot nicer person than I am. And <laughs> although it takes years of experience of not responding to these people, God love internet trolls. I, I just say that. Uh, I don't argue with them, but every now and then, you know, my wife has to talk me on ledge and go, just relax. It's some idiot behind a keyboard in some other part of the world, probably eating Hot Pockets in her mother's basement, and they've got nothing else to do. And you're volunteering to let them rent space in your head, and you're reacting. And she's absolutely right. We're talking with Megan O'Grady. She's yeah. the founder of Blue Line Bears. When you hear what they do, you're going to want to open your wallet and help. She is, she started when she was 14. She's the daughter of a, a police career police officer. She's a college student. And when we return, we're going to talk about Blue Line Bears' mission, more specifics about what they do and how you can help. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. One of the most frequent questions we see is, where can I find great podcasts? Do you have any suggestions? Yes, we do. So we decided to start our own podcast network on Law Enforcement Today. That's right. You can find top podcasts about law enforcement on our website and our free app. Go to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, and there you'll find the LET Podcast Network. We'll be adding more podcasts from first responders and more. Again, to find the Law Enforcement Today Podcast Network, go to letradioshow.com and click on the Be Heard in our menu or download our free app today at letradioshow.com. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. I'm John J. Wiley. Return to our conversation with Megan O'Grady, founder of Blue Line Bears. She is a college student. She started this when she was 14 years of age. Her dad is a career law enforcement officer. And before we tell you about what Blue Line Bears does... She's one of these really amazing people, and I got to confess, we've been trying for years to make this interview happen, and the reason why was, number one, when you're 14, 15, I don't feel comfortable putting someone on a radio interview. Just don't do it. Number two, the whole school schedule. So, and I'll jokingly say, back in the day, I used to have to go to bed like at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock at night when I was a little kid. Now I'd love to, but uh, I got to stay up longer than that. And trying to, to find time in between schedules, and this is the first one. She goes back to college in a couple of days. So, Megan, thanks for making this happen. I do appreciate it. Blue thank Line you Bears. again for having me. Oh, it's such a, such a pleasure. And, and thank your dad and, and your whole family uh, and everybody that helps out, because I know other people help with what you do. It, it, it's not yes. just you, and I don't want to discredit them whatsoever. But what you do is, I'm asking you to to explain people the process of what you do from start to finish. To sum it up, we make teddy bears out of the uniform shirts of fallen officers to give to the families. And the process is pretty lengthy. So it starts out with someone reaching out. And it could be anyone, anyone who knows the family of the officer who's passed away, anyone who is a part of the family someone who worked with the officer even, and they reach out to us and they tell us, hey, we would really like to have a bear made for this officer. And we only make bears for officers who have died in the line of duty or from PTSD. And so we screen it to make sure that the officer is a candidate for a bear. 
and then we give the green light and we send a message to the person that has our address and everything that we need. So every bear that is made is made using one shirt. We can't make more than one bear with one shirt because they're pretty big. They're probably about the size of a two-year-old child. So they, they are pretty bulky bears. And so once we get the bear or get the shirts in, we take them and we take pictures of them to post on social media so that everybody knows which ones we're working on. And then after that, we cut the shirts and do our pattern cutting and do some embroidery. So each bear has the officer's end of watch date, which is the day that they passed away. Um, their name and number on a shield that we put on the chest and on one of the hands we put the name of who the bear is going to and then it's all finished with a St. Michael's medal that's wrapped around its neck. So we add in all of those details as we go and we have a very, very wonderful team of ladies who help us sew the bears at our shop that we have. After they're, after they're sewn, they get stuffed and they get put together, and they're actually really cool because they have these mechanisms in them that make the arms, legs, and head move. So the bears are almost interactive with children, which is really cool. And after that, they get a certificate and a handwritten note from me, and they get sent out to the families. Uh, And you've done 1,300 bears since you started this. Yes. What's the approximate cost nowadays just to ship one bear? Never mind everything else you do. Just shipping the one bear. Shipping is obviously going to be a little bit different everywhere that you go. Um, So if it's in Florida, it's going to be obviously very cheap. And then we've mailed even as far out to Afghanistan, which was very expensive. But I would say the average cost is probably somewhere between $40 and $60. Now multiply that by 1300 And that, that's not taking into account all the other costs for materials uh, and the, the amount of hours that go into this. I can only imagine, and God bless you for doing this. One of the things I hear from so many nonprofits, and especially police-related nonprofits, and they'll say fundraising is the other F word because it, it's something so difficult, but they got to do it to maintain their mission. And I'm sure for you, yeah. it's it's an issue as well. You, you constantly try to raise funds because this costs money to do. Yes. I think that that is very true, that fundraising is the other F word. It's extremely difficult for us. And there's this balance that you have to maintain, I think, on social media and just the balance of making things happen in general where you have to decide how much you want to prioritize fundraising as well as what you do yourself. So I find that a lot of times we spend very little time fundraising because we spend so much time making the bears themselves. But right now we are actually preparing for our annual gala, which will be in February. Awesome. So and I did a, a birthday fundraiser on Facebook for Blue Line Bears. And I, I, I believe it was like $480. It, it wasn't what I wanted, but it, it's more than 
Thank I, you. I, I'm happy with it. And if a lot of people did that, it, it could make a huge difference. So uh, even, yes. even 10. And th- you know what? People can go to bluelinebears.org, dot O-R-G. That's your website. And I'm sure there's a mechanism there where they can make a donation as well, can't they? Yes. How about corporations and corporate sponsorship? I know people are listening now. And if they can climb on board, I'm sure that'd be appreciated as well. Am I correct? Yes. So right now, the the biggest type of sponsorship that we have is for our gala that we have every year. And we are still open to sponsorships and we are still looking for sponsorships. So if anybody is interested, they can reach out to us through the website or through Facebook. And we would love to talk about sponsorships for Blue Line Bears and for the gala. Now, how do you do that when you're, when you're in college studying and being a student how do you find time to get that done is there someone else that handles that when you're away um it's a lot of balancing a lot of zoom meetings and a wonderful wonderful team our board that we have is honestly i don't know how i even found any of these people they're all so amazing and along with our director of outreach and advancement between him and between our board and my parents and my grandma, I really just am so lucky to have such a wonderful team backing blue line bears and they help so much with the gala. And so it's, it's very much a team effort. And I don't think, I think that anyone who runs a nonprofit knows that the, any sort of big fundraiser like a gala is not a one-person project. Right. It is a 50-person project. So. Yeah, and I've seen exactly. some of them done. I've got a good friend. That's what he does. He's a retired Maryland State Trooper, and he's a premier charity fundraiser with big events, yes. and, and they raise lots of money. Right now, for everybody listening, if we use a figure of 2 million people listening, if we can get 10% of that population to donate $5, that'd go a long way. All you have to do is go online to bluelinebears.org. That's bluelinebears.org. You're also on pretty heavy on Facebook. Are you on other social media as well? Yes, we are on Instagram as well. Instagram, Facebook, also just blue line bears. and website. Megan O'Grady, I know you got to get back to work, prepare for your return to college. You are studying psychology, and I really want to thank you, number one, for all you do with Blue Line Bears. Please tell your dad I said thank you for your service, your mom, everybody else in your family as well. But I also really want to thank you for not psychoanalyzing me during our interview because... <laughs> I'm retired police, and in, in some cases, I'm stereotypical of what Hollywood puts out there. Well, thank you so much for having me again, and I'm glad that we finally got the interview that's been years in the making. We will do it again. Megan O'Grady from Blue Line Bears, their website, again, bluelinebears.org. Thanks so much, and have an awesome day. Thank you, you too. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today radio show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.